Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafinit on Twitter. And of course, my little expected buddy, my buddy who's expecting a little bundle here very soon, JB Barry at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. Hello, Papa. Hello, Sarah. I'm not quite there yet, but man, it's coming quick. I just, just this week, it was like, oh man, it's less than a month now. Her due date's October 13th. So we're like under a month and it's, all right, what do we still have to do? I don't know. Well, do you know? No, I have no idea. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, so, you know, we share a lot of things here on the Fantasy Magnet podcast. We've opened up our life to the listeners. Listeners like that, they like to be involved and so forth. So any questions, you know, I've been a foster parent, so I've had a bunch of kids come through my house and everything. I've I've raised two of them myself now. Any any questions you have about babies, I think I have pretty good answers, JB. Do you have any questions? Not yet, but I know I'm going to have a bunch. And it's funny you say that because I was just on, uh, I did a collective knowledge with uh, Shane Barrett, FF Shane B, mm-hmm. last night. And he had said the same thing. He goes, I got two little girls. So if you have any questions, let me know. And I'm like, I'm sure I'm going to have plenty of questions, but I don't know what I don't know at this point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> do you have a diaper genie? Yes, we do. Okay. Well, the diaper genies are great, they're really fun. But really, what, what you end up realizing they are. Is like one of those plastic Walmart bags or something. They're just they they just they just suffocate the air. And after a period of time, I don't know if the diaper genie broke or if it's kind of like after a little while, it's like okay, that thing's got to be gross somewhere. So we just we you know what we did with all the babies that came through the house, changing diapers and so forth. We just had a plethora of Walmart bags in the baby diaper changing room, and we would just take the diaper off, put it in the Walmart bag, seal it up real tight. And then it's immediately going out to the outside trash. That's where <laughs> outside trash immediately. See, but the problem now, Wes, is you can't get plastic bags anywhere. I don't know if it's huh? the same down there, but we don't we don't have plastic bags anymore in New York. And if you want bags from the store, you get a paper bag and you have to pay five cents a bag. So we're just using those reusable bags. And that's how we get our groceries. And when we go to the store, like there's no more plastic bags anywhere. No, we, we we have plenty of plastic. We don't have any cash. Everybody's got to pay by card nowadays here in Alabama. It's it's like you you, you know you, if you go to the big retail stores, you gotta play with pay with a card. Hmm. Interesting. That's weird. Anyway, well, we're on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast. We are on week number two, JB. Week number two of the NFL week one was very fascinating. We're going to try to get through all these games. JB, it's 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 16 games late because we released this on Friday, so we don't talk about the Thursday game or anything. But uh, we, we have a 16-game slate, and I was adding it up in my head. If we did five minutes per game, that's still like 80 minutes, man. That's over an hour for a show. That's only two and a half minutes per team. How could we cut it down any? I don't know how we can cut it down, but we're going to try to squeeze everything in here into an hour. So if you have any questions, comments, or concerns that you would like to know or something we didn't address, make sure you send it over to uh, Fantasy Impact Today at FI Today with a little underscore or at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter or myself at Lofanet. Also, you can leave comments uh, there on iTunes and we can get back to you there. JB, our first game on the slate, the Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. Pretty good, pretty good showing for Buffalo, even though it was, didn't show up in the win column. But still, man, Josh Allen did his thing, 270 yards, 30 of 51, one touchdown. How, how did you think like this Buffalo team played on week one? 
It was it was tricky because it was a tough matchup. You know, Pittsburgh is is a team that's going to fight you, right? They're going to fight mm-hmm. you tooth and nail the whole game. And I think that Buffalo had the game won, and then things just kind of turned. Uh, the block punt was big. You know, when, yeah. when Pittsburgh blocked the punt, took it in for a touchdown, that kind of changed the tide of the whole game. So it just goes to show you how much special teams actually can impact the game and just completely turn it. I mean, everybody probably had Buffalo, right? I mean, most people, I'm sure if they're doing one of them office pools where you got to pick every game, I'm sure most people pick Buffalo to win that game. So it's not like Pittsburgh played great either. It was just one of those kind of grinded out type of games that neither team looked great, but neither team looked bad. And it just one play turned the tide of that game. So I don't think Buffalo looked bad. And I think, you know, this could be a time where this Dolphins matchup is a divisional matchup. It's a tough matchup against another team that looked good. It, it, it could be it's it's like a kind of a, a prove it, a, a show us, a tell it type of game for Josh Allen and the Bills. I agree. Josh Allen looked good from a fantasy perspective, and we are the fantasy magnets. So I, I'm sure we are still attracted to Josh Allen. One of the bright spots, I think, from a fantasy standpoint was how how many touches Devin Singletary got on Sunday. Uh, he was he seemed to be the back in the backfield that was going to get all the handoffs. He had 11 carries, 72 yards, which is really good, Only uh, and three receptions as well, JB, but only eight yards on those receptions. Yeah, and that was the guy, if you remember, when we talked about it last week, I told you that I switched over to the Singletary train this year, mm-hmm. and I thought he would be the lead back there. I was a Moss guy last year, and then sure enough, Sunday morning, Moss was declared a, a healthy scratch. So it was Singletary, and it's Singletary's backfield that looks to be Singletary's backfield. So I like that from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, you worry about Allen vulturing touchdowns from him. But you like to see that he's the guy that's going to get the carries and also get the passes out of the backfield. And he should be a a decent floor RB2 for you in fantasy. Yeah, and so he emerged as somebody who we could count on week in and week out. Of course, on the receiver side, Diggs had nine receptions and Beasley had eight receptions. And Dawson Knox, four receptions, 41 yards, a 10-yard per average, which impressed me more than anything else, JB. Uh, Josh Allen threw that ball all the way around. And I think, are you are you able to trust Beasley week in and week out, though? As a PPR floor guy, yeah, he's going to get the targets. He's going to get those looks. You know, he and Allen have that rapport for those PPR leagues. He's going to catch balls. But it's Emmanuel Sanders that stood out for me. And I said that he was going to have that John Brown role. And a lot of people were looking to see if it was going to be him or Gabriel Davis. And Gabriel Davis was a name that last year was a flashy name. So people were expecting him to take the step forward this year. But Andrew Cooper and I have been saying Emmanuel Sanders all offseason. And sure enough, Sanders impressed this week. And Mm -hmm. I know he was a popular pickup on waiver wires that, you know, you weren't playing against me or Coop and he was already on one of our rosters. As we look for some fantasy nuggets over here on the Miami Dolphins side. I think Tua played okay. He played well. He played Tua ball. You know, I, I, I'm i not overly impressed at the same time. It's like, okay, I, I, he he's salvageable anyway. He's salvageable. But in the backfield, that was kind of a mystery there for us. I, I saw where Gaskin got nine touches. Brown got five touches. Ahmed got three touches. And then out of the backfield, as far as receiving goes, Gaskin at least got five targets while Ahmed got three. So I, I don't know that there was any clarity there. JB. Yeah, I think Gaskin's still the lead back there. You're going to worry about Brown taking some vulturing and Ahmed mixing in a little bit, kind of just to spell Gaskin. I do think it's Gaskin's backfield. So from a fantasy perspective, he's the back that I'd want to have on my team there. The biggest concern, I think, for everybody walking away from that game 
was Jacecki. Jacecki, he had he had zero receptions, two targets, but zero receptions. Those targets pretty much went to Parker, went to Waddle, and then out and then the backs out of the backfield. Yeah, he he's dust to me now. Um, I, I have <laughs> no interest in Mike Gesicki. Um, I dropped him in a couple of leagues and picked up Cole Komet this week, and you know there were still some good tight end options on the wire that I just think offer me more of a ceiling than than Gesicki. We've seen it now, week one and last year. You know he's he's just not going to be involved in that offense. It looks like so he, he's dust, and and I'm done with him. As far as uh, the receivers go, though, the Willie Fuller, he'll be activated, I believe, this week. Are you attracted to him this week? A little bit, but this is going to be a wait and see because it's Waddle that I've been attracted to in this offense. And I know, obviously, he has the connection with Tua from college. And your boy Tua actually looked pretty good. And it, it's so weird to me. I said it in the group chat. Like, it's weird seeing a lefty quarterback drop back for me. It's just a little weird to see. But he looked pretty good, and I like the connection that he had with Waddle. So I'm interested to see how Fuller impacts the passing game and how Tua targets him this week. I want to see how he uses him and if it takes away from Waddle. I saw some of that Tua game, too. And and one of the things I walked away was, was you know, I don't think Tua is as athletic as he thinks he is. Right? Uh, there are times, yeah. like I said, he puts himself in compromising positions, but it's because he's trying to do too much. And then I realized, well, the reason why he's trying to do too much is maybe at one point in his life he could do more than that, but he just he, – he doesn't seem to do it. And then when I sit there and watch him play, I, I really did. I went, does the offensive coordinator know that he's left-handed? Because it just doesn't seem like it's a, it's a really flowing offense to the left. It just doesn't seem that way. I, maybe it's because the defenses go, okay, we're going to force him go right. But I, I really said, are they calling right-handed plays right now? Yeah, it's a little weird. I think the touchdown to Waddle was a roll to the left, so that might have been why it was a good play and it worked out for him. I'm a little concerned with Devontae Parker, to be honest with you, because he's a guy who had seven targets last week, but it's him that I think that is going to get cut into with Will Fuller being activated. So I do think that Waddle's still good. I think that that uh, two is going to be a good play in fantasy. Uh, it might be a tougher matchup. Buffalo's defense looked pretty good, but in a two QB league, uh, I would certainly roll two out there confidently. Definitely. Hey, uh, our next game there, Cincinnati versus Chicago. Chicago. Well, I, I got CHI and then a couple of X's because I had to write X's next to my uh, rankings that we do later on in the show. Which, by the way, I think it's a. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna deem them the award winning rankings because that's part of the show that people said that they really like was through the ranking part of things. It makes them really think. And JB, so that's a, that's a good thing. The rankings are coming up after these first four games. Hey, Chicago, though, on this, I think Cincinnati is going to find an elixir this week in Chicago. Joe Burrow, no problems. His knee's looking good. Joe Mixon, we have no problems with Joe Mixon. Had, what, 30-something, 33 total touches, JB. 33 total touches for Joe Mixon. And, and did we get any clarity, though, on the wide receiver situation? I was surprised Tyler Boyd took a really big back seat. That's the one that concerns me a little bit because you saw Burrow use both Higgins and Chase. Both of them scored touchdowns. Both of them looked good. But it was Boyd that did take that back seat, like you said. And I, I was a little bit concerned. But I do think this offense is going to be able to support all those weapons, partially because their defense is so bad. So in a lot of the games they're going to be playing, it'll be shootout type of games where they'll have to continue to score points. The Chicago team might not give them that. So mm -hmm. this week, I am a little bit concerned with the passing game. Although you look at the matchups and Tyler Boyd, who runs most of his routes out of the slot, has the best matchup. 
against the Chicago slot corner who's who's garbage. So, you know, I, I kind of want to go back to the well there with Boyd, but I'm a little nervous after what you saw last week. The first game I ever saw Joe Burrow play. I don't even know that it was an LSU thing because I think he I think he transferred to LSU. I, I I don't remember. It was a long time ago though. Now it's not the first the you know the championship year with LSU. I remember just going, wow, he gets it. And I wonder if Joe Burrow just doesn't get it in the NFL. And he knew maybe last week Tyler Boyd wasn't open or he wasn't going to be open. Maybe he was able to dissect film really well, uh, him and the coaching staff there in Cincinnati. And so they just didn't use Tyler Boyd as much. I agree with you. I think that this receiver room is going to be supported by that passing volume that they're going to have in Cincinnati. That offense is pretty juggernautish. Is that a good word? Juggernautish? I like it. (laughs) Thank you. And, And I think, though, that it's because... Uh, Joe Burrow is able to find the receiver, find the game plan that's going to work that game. And so that's that's what I believe. I think I think Tyler Boyd is still a wait and see. Don't drop him too prematurely. I agree. All right. Over on the Chicago side, uh, <laughs> JB, I'm in a lot of trouble. I just it's going to be a long season for the Bears fans, man. Andy Dalton was back there. One interception, 38 attempts, 206 yards. The big, big bright spot for me was David Montgomery and how he was able to run on that Los Angeles Rams defense, man. You are right on the money with that. A 6.8 average. Remember when we thought that David Montgomery couldn't run past three or four yards? Last week against the Rams, he had a, almost a seven-yard per carry average. Fantastic, David Montgomery. Yeah, he looked good, and he looked like he had a nice burst of speed, too. Like There were a few runs that he made, bounced it to the outside, and just ran hard. I like to see the way that he actually ran the ball last week. He looked really good, and it, it definitely gave me some more confidence in him, for sure. For me, that uh, the, the another bright spot was Damian Williams. Damian Williams, uh, he got six carries. He also had five targets last game, four receptions for 28 yards. He He's really going to solidify himself as the second back there. And I think that this guy, he's going to end up getting enough volume to make him a little fantasy relevant. Am I wrong? No, I think he's a guy that you could probably flex in those bye weeks because he's going to be involved. And they showed you that. You know, you look at a guy like, like uh, Tariq Cohen, who you used to be able to use in that role. And you would think about flexing him in in a bye week situation because he was going to catch some passes. He was going to get in there. He was going to mix in and be a part of it. So you might be able to say that about Williams now. And and he could have just completely cast Tariq Cohen off to irrelevance even when he comes back healthy because it looks like he's cementing that role here. From the wide receivers, uh, Allen Robinson, 11 targets, 6 receptions, 35 yards, JB. 30 five yards. There was no other receiver there that really just broke loose. Uh, Mooney had seven targets, five receptions, 26 yards. And and for me, though, Cole Komet is finally being used, finally being used the way he should be. Seven targets, five receptions, 42 yards. He had the most yards of all those receivers in 8.4 average. Uh, Is this going to, I can't, can't, where where are you putting Allen Robinson, man? How, How are you treating him this week? I think against the Bengals, he's still playable. You know, the Bengals secondary is really bad. So, you know, I wouldn't say he's playable because he's always going to be playable. He's that top wide receiver. He's going to be even better once they change quarterbacks to Justin Fields. But I still think with Andy Dalton at center, especially in this matchup against the Bengals, he's a guy that I definitely put in my lineup. And you mentioned Komet is a guy, and I said it before, that I went out and I picked up in a couple of places because he is finally getting used the way he wants to be or the way they want him to be used there. You know, this offensive coordinator is the guy who wants to make him into a Travis Kelsey light. 
And it seems like he's finally getting the opportunity to try to be in that role, especially, you know, if you got Marquise Goodwin as the other wide receiver on the other side, it's not like you're competing for targets against some studs. So I love Komet and and I do still like Robinson there. I just I'm looking forward to the quarterback change like every Bears fan is. Okay, well, yeah, I am too. I I, I am too. This is Andy Dalton revenge week. I don't know. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that means. All right. Uh, our Denver Broncos. I say our Denver Broncos against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The reason why is because I think the Jags are going to turn into the team everybody loves to hate. Right. And and people really kind of I to me, people get behind Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy is it's like no flashy Teddy. No. Flash, and we said this team is going to be fantasy relevant now. And they were fantasy relevant starting last week against the Giants, maybe because it was the Giants and that atrocious offense that they had last week. But uh, everybody doesn't like the Jaguars. They 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 what is it about Urban Meyer, JB? He's just not a likable guy. And he, he's made. <laughs> He's made really bad decisions as a college coach, and we just we all know he's going to continue to do that in the NFL, and he's already doing it. I mean, just look at the usage of James Robinson last week, and you're like, oh "What my. are you doing, dude? Like, what are you doing? This is your 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 best offensive weapon, and it's like you're trying your hardest not to get him involved in the offense. It's like I don't know this. Uh, he's not going to last long, and and it was a questionable hire to begin with. That's funny. That's funny. Yes, he's going to make an enemy out of all those guys. But Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good. Uh, I think he has some relevancy as far as quarterbacks. I'm not sure. Maybe 12 team leagues. You could you could find Teddy Bridgewater viable, especially on streaming options week to week. Uh, but but the backfield there, without Melvin Gordon having a long 70 yard run, it looked good. It looked good in the stat book. 11 carries, 101 yards. But you take away that 70 yard run that he had for a long touchdown, and that accumulates to 10 carries, 31 yards. Uh, JB, maybe they're not going to be able to run the ball, but they sure did pass. Well, I'm glad you said that, Wes, because the, everybody look in the box score and see Melvin Gordon, quote unquote, had a great game because you see 101 yards. But it was just that one long run after the defense was gassed. They've been on the field a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was able to break one. But besides that, I mean, Melvin Gordon was who we thought he was, right? He, he's He's not the same back that he used to be, and Javante Williams is the future there. I was encouraged to see the usage that he got there. He was getting touches. He was involved in the offense, and I think he's going to continue to be. He's playing the snaps. He's playing on both passing snaps and running snaps, so Mm -hmm. I'm happy to see that, and I think that they're going to turn the reins over to him sooner rather than later, and he's a guy who, when you hear my DFS Flash podcast coming out, or if you've already listened to my DFS Flash podcast, he's mentioned in there because he's a guy I'm targeting this week. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I would keep them both. They both ended up sharing targets, about 15, uh, well, touches, about 15 touches apiece last week. And that's good for any running back that you just want to hold on to in case one or the other one emerges as the number one RB and injuries always pop up left and right. And, I, you know, talking about your DFS Flash podcast, I, I, I love that you picked that name. DFS Flash. I love I love that name Flash and that you are giving knowledge and 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 uh, you're you are paying homage to uh, the dog from Roscoe P. Coltrane's car of uh, for Flash from the Dukes of Hazards. I I love I don't know how you're pulling that off. I don't know if you're doing like a you know, come on, get a flash. They're gonna get the Duke boys flash. Let's go. <laughs> well, it's more so to bring light to the fact that I'm doing a 10 to 15 minute show that's giving you DFS knowledge. You know, we think about it. A lot of people are are looking for a quick hit on, all right, you know, give me a couple of guys. 
what we do here is great because we break everything down. So anyone who's looking to get in depth on on different matchups week to week, that's what we're here for in the Fantasy Magnets. But if you're just looking to throw a DFS lineup in, you need a couple of guys to help build out your lineup, that's what the DFS flash is. And I got a lot of good comments from people that were saying they loved the fact that it was 13 minutes because they were able to just bang through it and get some good knowledge out of it. They can find that over at Aaron or Aaron Torres online.com uh, DFS flash. Look for that one or even just in any search engine that you have for your podcast player, the wide receivers, Judy's going to be gone this week. So we're going to have to look for somebody to pick up his slack. Noah Fant had eight targets though, JB and our guy, big Al, he had three and a touchdown. I don't know that it accumulated to a lot of yards. Is Cortland Sutton going to be the guy, though, that picks up Jerry Judy slack? So it was it was really disappointing to see Judy go down because he looked really good. And he was a guy I was really high on coming mm-hmm. in. And he looked great. I mean, he was running the, the plays out of the slot. He was getting targeted frequently. He looked like he was taking that step forward that we wanted. And now we've lost him for, what, six to eight weeks. So yep. Sutton is going to be that number one receiver there. The problem with that is if you look at a matchup like last week, Sutton's the guy who's getting shadowed by a James Bradbury. So okay. it has to be someone else who steps up into that Jerry Judy role. And two of the popular waiver wire pickups this week were Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler. Now, Patrick's going to play the outside. Hamler's going to play the slot. And they're both going to be involved because they do run three wide a lot. So I think Patrick has shown that in the opportunities that he's gotten, he can make plays. And I think Hamler running out of the slot, he dropped a big touchdown last week that went through his hands in the end zone. I think it was like a 50-yard pass or something like that. So both of these guys can be fantasy relevant for us, and so can Noah Fant. If you look at this matchup against Jacksonville this week, Wes, mm-hmm. I would not hesitate to fire up any of these guys this week because I think Denver's going to come out, Teddy Two Gloves is going to be firing his little pea shooter, and they're going to be scoring points for us. They sure are, and I I, I like that. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to support all these guys from a fantasy perspective. For the Jaguars, JB, fantasy-wise, uh, three touchdowns, three interceptions for Trevor Lawrence last week, two, 332 yards. So yeah, it's all right. The backfield, though, it, nothing happened that we expected. Carlos Hyde, my guy, Carlos Hyde from last year. Remember, he was my sleeper last year. I should have chosen him this year as a sleeper. What is he doing? Getting all of James Robinson stuff. Wasn't James Robinson a good running back last season? Didn't we love James Robinson last year? Wasn't he the fantasy darling last year? What What's going on, JB? Urban freaking Meyer, man. Like, <laughs> there's no other words to that because it's not like Robinson has done anything wrong. It's not like he's looked bad. It's not like he's had fumbling issues. It's just Urban Meyer just being Urban Meyer, and it just makes no sense to anybody. So I can't even say anything to you here to make sense of it because it doesn't make sense to me either. Are we going to march if Carlos Hyde gets like 15 carries this week and James Robinson gets four? We're going to go down there and march. I, that's what we got to do. We got to get all the magneteers together and just go down there and march. Hey, Jay, uh, the, the wide receiver room, DJ Shark, 12 targets. Jones, nine targets. Chenault, nine targets. O'Shaughnessy, eight targets. JB, O'Shaughnessy's not fantasy relevant, is he? He kind of is because the usage is there. You know, he was running routes and he wasn't blocking and, and it was... You know, a a couple of those catches and targets were towards the end of the game on that last drive. And I was watching the last drive, hoping that James Robinson got involved because I had him in my DFS lineups. But O'Shaughnessy was catching those, you know, six, seven yard passes that the defense was playing back and nobody was really covering. So he'd catch those seven yard passes, run it another four yards and get tackled. So you know, a couple of those were garbage time, but he was involved in the offense. And if this defense 
be as bad as they are, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to throw the ball a lot, which means that everybody can continue to be involved. If any of these guys get hurt, then to the moon with all the rest of the guys. So I think all three wide receivers can actually be fantasy relevant here. And O'Shaughnessy, if you're looking for a deep dive at tight end, the usage that we saw in week one says that it could happen. Yeah, don't don't wait around for O'Shaughnessy because, it, look, Trevor Lawrence is a young quarterback. And what's the old adage every every year? Uh, young quarterbacks love their tight ends, right? They, yep. That they just use yep. their safety blanket for them. And so don't wait around and go, ah, I'm going to wait one more week and see. If you're in need of, of tight end, uh, of somebody there that might be really active and involved in the in the in the playroom, O'Shaughnessy is going to be your guy. Don't don't wait around. Don't wait around. All right, now JB. I say that with caution, though, Wes, because some people are sitting out here and they're dropping Hunter Henry and they're dropping okay, Evan yes, Ingram, yes, and they're picking up O'Shaughnessy. Like I wouldn't go that far, but you know, if you, you if you have lower end tight ends, like you really punted the position. I mean, I would even consider O'Shaughnessy over like a Gesicki at this point, but like mm-hmm. I would I would pump the brakes on before you drop a Hunter Henry type guy for an O'Shaughnessy. Yes, if you're a real smart guy and you pick Dan Arnold as one of your go to tight ends, go ahead and go get O'Shaughnessy, okay? That's me yelling. <laughs> That's me yelling at myself, JB, yelling at myself. All right. Uh we're ranking them on this page. Quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence or Andy Dalton. Yikes. Um, I guess Trevor playing from behind with more weapons. Okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tagovailoa? Um, Trevor. Trevor Lawrence, really? Or Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater. And, and I did these, JP. I'm really, I, I, I'm getting into this. I'm getting into the ranking things a lot better. Teddy or, or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. It's a tough one to me, this. Joe Burrow or uh, Josh Allen? I got to go Josh Allen. I would think so, too. But, man, that's a, you know, you, you want to. You want to. I but think it's something... he wants to bounce back this week and, and kind of, you know, shake, shake off the haters. I, I I could agree with you. I understand what you're saying. But, man, Joe Burrow looked good. It's just one of those things, though, to look at this. All right, here's one. Here's one. Did any Jacksonville Jaguar running back or Miami Dolphin running back? Oof. <laughs> the Urban Meyer factor, man. But I want to say James Robinson. Yeah, but then Carlo, but then you look at the box score and you go, well, Carlos Hyde outtouched him, so you don't want to say James Robinson just in case, you know. And then the Dolphins, you want to say uh, Gaskin, but but at the same time, they they kind of split shares there too. So uh, who'd you say? I'm not considering starting any of those other guys. So it's really it's Robinson or Gaskin for me here, and mm-hmm. and I'm gonna lean Robinson and cross my fingers that Myers a little bit smarter this week. Robinson or the Buffalo Bill running back situation with Singletary. Yeah, I think I'll go Singletary here. Uh, Singletary or any of the Denver running backs? I love Javante this week, so I'm leaning into Javante. Okay. Uh, Javante or David Montgomery? Um, Monty's got the Cincinnati Bengals. He does, who have a really bad secondary, and I think that they're going to have to throw, but it's Andy Dalton, so it's like, eh, is he going to throw, and is he going to be effective throwing? Seven so like yards going per, through my thought process right seven now. Seven yards and, per carry against the Rams. I'm going to say Javante Williams, and here's why, because I think Denver's going to be playing from ahead against a bad Jacksonville team, and Chicago's going to be playing from behind against Cincinnati, and they're going to have to throw more than they run. This is good DFS advice, too. You know, and it really makes me think. Whenever I was doing the rankings, it really made me think about it because I'm going in opposite ranks of how I have it. And so you say Javante Williams. Javante Williams or Mixon. Mixon is going to be that clear choice, right? Yes. 
Okay. All right. It better be. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, right receivers here. Chicago Bear receiver. Okay. Think about that. Or a Miami Dolphin receiver. And neither Alan one. Robinson. Allen Robinson, period. Okay. Uh, Allen Robinson then or a Denver receiver. I'm going to still go Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson or DJ Shark, who had like 12 targets. Allen Robinson. Okay. All right. And, and, you know, if you got anybody else in the, that, like, if you love LaVisca this week, but I, I think Shark with 12 targets has got to emerge as that number one wide receiver there from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, Allen Robinson, who I had at the bottom of the list, by the way, JB. Uh, Allen Robinson or the Buffalo or a Buffalo Bill receiver, who's Stefan Diggs, of course. Yeah, and it's going to be Diggs. But the reason I have Allen Robinson climbing this up is that same game narrative that I said that I think mm-hmm. they're going to be playing from behind and the Bengals secondary is really bad. So, you know, if he's getting opportunities, he's going to catch balls and put up points. So I'm taking Robinson up until you get me to Diggs and then I'm taking Diggs. Diggs, OK. Would you take Robinson over Beasley? I would. Yeah. OK. All right. Robins, a uh, Diggs or a Cincinnati Bengal receiver? Diggs. Okay. All right. You got leave up the Josh Allen, the Diggs matchup this week. Jaseki or uh, Zuma? What was his name? Muhammad? No, CJ. 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 CJ Uzoma. And I don't want to start either one of them, so I'm going to say neither. Neither or or Kyle Rudolph. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, he had like four or five targets, right? He had four or five targets last week. So anyway. No, but Rudolph played already. Rudolph was a Thursday game. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, he is. I I cut off somebody there. Font. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rudolph. Okay, I got okay. you. I got you, Thomas. Yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. All right. Uh, uh, then you got, okay, so neither one or Knox. That's what I should have said, Knox. Ah, uh, okay. I guess I'll say Knox then. <laughs> no, Knox. All right. Knox or Comet? Comet. Comet or O'Shaughnessy? Comet. Oh, really? Comet or Font? Font. Ah, fant. I like font. I like font. All right. Very good, JP. We put those down there as our champions of this page. Anyway, yeah, all of it. We, we agreed on everything there. You you took Stefan Diggs over a Cincinnati receiver. That's the only one we had. The Houston Texans, JB, who shocked the world last, shocked the world last week. And everybody was kind of pulling for him. Uh, your buddy, John Frisella at Legend Sports 7, had an interesting take on the pick and pick skin winner things. He said one of his friends, and I don't know, I don't remember which one. He he's got friends with weird names. JP, he's got a lot of you know, he's got a lot of friends. Hey man, Al Al Matutovich from over down at uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> but he said his buddy told him that it's like they got a bunch of angry old dudes on the Houston Texans, and the angry old dudes all have a chip on their shoulder, and they're ready to prove the world wrong, like the Jacksonville Jaguars did several years ago with Blake Bortles. That that that's kind of what the take was, and I went, you know, it, it kind of made sense. That's what the team kind of looked like last week. I mean, you could want to do that all you want, but if you're not that good, you're not going to be able to do that, right? <laughs> so they just happened to get a game against a team that also was just as bad as they were. So, you know, angry old dude or not, and you could be an angry old dude that starts a fight against, you know, a, a strong 21-year-old middle linebacker, and doesn't matter how angry and old and, and much you want to prove, you're still going to get whipped, right? So yeah, <laughs> I think that, you know, this was just the situation where they were playing a really bad team that was just as bad as they were with a rookie quarterback in his first start and an awful defense. So they were able to take advantage of that. But I don't think we're going to see it that often. Are you attracted to Tyrod this week when he visits Cleveland? 
No, absolutely not. Okay, any of the running backs? Uh, Mark Ingram, 26 carries last week, JB. Are you interested in Mark Ingram? And here's what I said about Mark Ingram on the Bestie Show this week, was that Mark Ingram's 26 touches we're never going to see again, those 26 carries. He had that because they were playing from ahead the whole game. So anybody who had Mark Ingram, and I rostered him in a couple of leagues, I've been trying to get whatever I could for him because I know I'm never going to see it again, and that's probably going to be where his volume's at his highest and his value's at his highest. Unless you think Houston's going to be playing from from ahead an entire game like they were last week, He's not going to get that again. So it's 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 actually it's going to be David Johnson that I'm in, intrigued about because he's the pass catching back. It seems to be him that's taking that pass catching back role. And Houston, in my opinion, is going to be a team playing from behind in most of their games. And that's the guy who's going to get the work. Yeah, Philip Lindsay, who we always think of as a receiving back, only had one target last week. And like you said, David Johnson was the guy with four targets, three, three, three receptions for 18 yards, so nothing bounced off the page at me. But uh, somebody who did was Brandon Cooks, like you called out last week. He had a great game against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. That's something we're really going to have to pay attention to because we might be able to pick on those wide receiver ones all the time against the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. And then Farrell Brown. Farrell Brown, out of nowhere, comes in, takes your guy Aikens, uh, all his touches, JV. He had, he had five <laughs> targets for and four receptions for 67 yards. He's everything we ha- we wanted Aikens to be last year. Yeah, he absolutely was. And, and, you know, he's one of those deep dive tight end guys, even behind O'Shaughnessy, that people were going and picking up in those deeper leagues. But I don't think this offense is going to be able to support enough weapons. Sure, in a PPR, he'll get some targets and get some catches. But in a week like this against Cleveland, I'm pretty much staying away from this entire offense, even Brandon Cooks, because he's going to get matched up with Denzel Ward out there. You look at Farrell Brown, even if he runs routes against linebackers, he's going to see ready for this one. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, who is the rookie linebacker out of Notre Dame that I really like. He's got a size speed combo, second round pick out of Notre Dame. And I think that Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa is a guy who could stay with the Pharaoh Brown and shut him down. Say it, Wes. It's so much fun. Woo-boo-boo-boo. Uh, uh, How about that? Woo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> uh, that's good. You should name your daughter that, JP. All right. Hey, uh, Cleveland Browns side of things. We're not concerned about Baker Mayfield. Pretty good quarterback, especially in this matchup. We're going to trust Baker Mayfield here. I know we're both attracted to him. We're both still attracted to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, JP. Both of them did very, very well. You should roster those guys wherever possible. And, of course, here uh, on the receiving side of things, uh, OBJ, he's out again this week. And Joku ended up with the five targets. While while uh, my guy, Austin Hooper, only had three. Jarvis Landry had five. And then Schwartz, Anthony Schwartz? Never heard of the guy, JB. But, man, I think he led the league with a minimum of five targets of the of, of average depth per reception. Yeah, man, may the Schwartz be with you. I mean, he showed that he's a guy who can be the downfield threat, you know, especially when OBJ's not there. It was interesting to see that Rashad Higgins was basically a non-factor after kind of being a guy who you talked about a little bit last year. So I, I do think, like you said, both running backs, especially in a positive game script, that they should be playing from ahead. Both running backs were putting in our lineups. Jarvis Landry's a guy you're putting in your lineup. And if you're looking for a deep dive, you might want to take a shot at Schwartz because Mayfield might take a shot or two his way down the field. Yeah, and, and once again, man... Just really interesting that OBJ is not playing. The rumors were he was going to play last week. You can't believe anything that you hear in the NFL nowadays. It's all smoke and mirrors, right? But 
you just kind of sit there and watch this team. And, you know, they played pretty well last week. They ended up coughing it up and browning at the end of the game. But, man, uh, Cleveland is uh, the antithesis of what uh, Jacksonville is because we all can root for Cleveland. I, I, at least I, I can root for Cleveland. I kind of like them. I, I can't because Kangas just gets so obnoxious when I they're winning. He was just lighting up the group chats for the whole first <laughs> half. The beginning of that game, he's just caps and exclamation points, and it's he gets so, oh, my God, once he gets going. Ryan Hallam from Fantasy Alarm commented in, in the FA group chat that we have, and he's like, this is my first football season with you guys in here. Do we just ignore him when he gets like this? <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. And I, I, you know who you know who surprises me that can ignore him is Kevin Tompkins. I'm surprised Kevin because Kevin does not seem like a guy who it, it, he doesn't want to play around. OK, Kev, that's that's the way I, I don't know Kevin all that great. We've had him on the show a couple of times. I know you're really good friends with him. But Kevin is a kind of a down to business kind of a guy. Right. Just hey, cut it. And but Kangas, <laughs> Kangas will give him a hard time. And I'm just surprised Kevin has not gone crazy yet. Yeah, I think Kev was probably, you know, a couple of comments away from blocking him last week. Cause, but, <laughs> but me and Coop just let him know, like, look, this, this is this is what Kangas is. He's that little, you know, chihuahua that just barks. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you still give him a treat. <laughs> hey, uh, over on the next game, the Las Vegas Raiders over at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kangas is a good friend. I, I consider him a good friend. I, I'd want Kangas in my in my what what is it? A bunker. I'd want him in in like a, a fox. But what, what do you call them things when? All the army guys go down into a bunker. I guess a bunker. Yeah. I, I'd want Kangas in my bunker. You know what? He he, because he'd just be a crazy guy. Let's go get him. Anyway, <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr played out of his mind. Four hundred and thirty-five yards, JB. From a fantasy standpoint, that's really really good. On fifty-six attempts, that was fantastic. But they had absolutely no running game whatsoever. Three point four yards a carry for Josh Jacobs and Kenya Drake. He rushed six times for 11 yards. JB, no running game, but they had, so they got to throw the ball all over the place. Yeah, the two touchdowns kind of salvaged Jacobs' day. And I don't know if you saw the Wednesday injury report was Josh Jacobs sits out Wednesday, parentheses, everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they'll normally put yeah. in like hamstring yeah. or knee? Yeah. Or, it was everything. <laughs> So that was pretty funny to see. But, yeah, I mean, he didn't do much on the ground. Drake was actually the guy it was encouraging to see how he was being used as the pass-catching back. Mm -hmm. So in a PPR league, you know, you can kind of use him as one of those desperation flex options if you needed to. Um, but, yeah, both of those backs kind of concern me. And, and the biggest concern for me is that offensive line is just really bad. So even if Jacobs isn't bad, is he going to get any holes? Is he going to have any room to run there? And, you know, you mentioned Carr. It was like a, a, a tale of two halves, right? The first half, there was, that offense was doing nothing. It was abysmal. And then just they turned it on, man. It was I think it was 17 to 10 in the third quarter at some point. And then all of a sudden it became this shootout at the end of the game. And what a great game that was. No offensive line explains why Darren Waller, I keep saying he had 190 targets. He might as well have had 190 targets. It was 19 targets, 105 yards, one touchdown, but also Hunter Redpro, who likes to run around there but near the line of scrimmage, he had nine targets. It was probably the reason why it was hard for like Brian Edwards or anybody else to get involved in that game. Yeah, and, and you you know Carr trusts Renfro. You know, they, they always say it on all the broadcasts that you watch mm -hmm. the Raiders games, and it's it's third and Renfro, right? Mm -hmm. So when it gets to that point where you need a guy to make a play, 
Carr knows that he could trust Renfro on those plays. I do still think that it's going to be Edwards. It's the lead dog there. I know Ruggs didn't have a great matchup last week. He did play 86% of the snaps. He ran 70% routes there, but he was covered by Marlon Humphrey a lot. So I do think Ruggs will be more involved than he was this past week. But I think it's Edwards that is showing. And Carr even made a comment that, you know, he I'm going to let that guy try to make plays. And he did at the end of that game. So Carr might continue to let him try to do that. Well, they'll be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. And from a fantasy perspective, we see why people did not trust Ben Roethlisberger. 32 attempts, 188 yards, just one touchdown with all that receiving core. They were going against the Buffalo Bills, so I'm going to cut them a little bit of slack. But also, uh, Najee Harris. And, and JB, I talked with I talked with you about this. Najee Harris is one of those guys. He's a mini Derrick Henry, so it takes a little bit for him to get the engine going. But he's never going to wow you with his athleticism. I know he hurdles people. I get it. He hurdles people. But it it it, it with no line in front of him, it's going to be really hard for him to accumulate yards. Only forty five yards rushing on sixteen attempts. Yeah, and I'm not going to push the panic button on him yet because the situation's still good for him. He's still going to be a three down back. He played every running back snap there last week. There was no other running back involved. So it's clearly his backfield, and with volume comes points eventually. I don't know that they're gonna, it's going to really come this week because the Raiders' defense actually looked really good on Monday mm-hmm. night. Like You saw some really good things there. Max Crosby looked like a dog. Like He was just all over the place. So I, I do think that this Raiders' defense is going to give the Steelers a little bit of a fit this week, too. I do, too. And this is one guy, uh, the pass catchers are the pass catchers, but Eric Ebron, if you were expecting much out of him this year, he only had two targets, one reception. That might be one of those guys that you look at James O'Shaughnessy to replace, if, yep. if in my opinion. All right, the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Los Angeles Rams look fantastic. Stafford, we're starting them. Henderson, we're starting them. Wide receivers, JB, we're starting them, right? Cup, Woods, are we starting Higby, though? You know what? I've been an anti-Higby guy for a while, but what I saw last week is encouraging for people who did roster Higby. He was running routes. He only blocked on a couple of routes last week, which is completely opposite of what he's done for the previous few years. He's been a guy who, you know, on on at least 20% of his past snaps, he's into block. Last week, it was only 7%. So if they're going to use him as a guy who's going to run routes, and my friend was saying that it might even be Stafford's influence who used to use Ebron as his go-to tight end. So like Stafford might have a say in that, hey, I like using my tight end. Let's get him out there. I don't think that he's going to out-target Robert Woods every week like he did last week, but he could be the third target in that offense. And if it's going to be a high-volume passing offense like we saw, then Higby could be a guy who you could use in fantasy. Definitely. And Van Jefferson, only three targets, two receptions, 80 yards and a touchdown. He might be that guy, though, that if you have an open roster spot or somebody that you're just not crazy about, this is, like you said, going to be a high volume passing attack. And he might be able to replace either Cup or Woods, who always have injury issues. So don't let Van Jefferson just be sitting on the waiver wire if you like, hey, I got a spot to fill. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that you could definitely stash on your bench because even if something were to happen to Copper Woods, then he immediately steps up into a, an even bigger role. And you saw that Stafford used him on big plays. First play of the game was a long touchdown to Van Jefferson. So mm-hmm. he's a guy who showed he could score points and be a guy when they need him to. So he's definitely a guy that I wouldn't mind you putting on your bench. 
Over in Indianapolis, Carson Wentz. Yeah, okay, he winced. He did good. He did not not terrible. Pretty good fantasy wise and everything like that. Uh, good streaming option, possibly not against the Rams this week, but in the future for sure. But those those running backs, JB. Those running backs really impressed me. Tons. Uh, Taylor, 17 rushes. Hines, nine rushes. Over on the receiving side of things, Hines, eight targets. And uh, Taylor had seven targets. This, they, they accumulated tons of yards and tons of touches. This is this offense is going to run through them. Yeah, I think they want it to be that way because they don't want to put too much pressure on Carson Wentz, especially coming off the injury. And I think that was the game plan all along for week one. So I do think that, you know, as they go on, Wentz is going to throw more. And I'm curious to see who's going to be his guy, because last week we saw Zach Pascal be the guy who scored two touchdowns. And that was the guy we weren't talking about. We were talking about Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell. So, you know, uh, people were going out there and I had people giving me questions. Do I pick up Pascal for so-and-so? And And I'm like, ah, I kind of want to see it first. I don't know if it was just how the things were going last week. But, yeah, I am starting the running backs with confidence. I'm not a big Naeem Hines guy, but they just re-upped his contract. They gave him an extension. So clearly they see him as a part of that offense going forward. So they're both going to be involved. Um, Behind that offensive line, running behind Quentin Nelson – I'm starting Jonathan Taylor every week, and I would be okay starting Hines as a flex guy, but I'm still curious to see how the wide receiver room shakes out. Yeah, that's a wide receiver room I always just kind of stay away from a little bit. Unless T.Y. Hilton's back there, and I, I'm sure he will be, but with Carson Wentz there especially, it's just I think it's going to be question mark after question mark each and every week. But so far, Pascal. He he goes to the top of the list for me. All right, uh, got the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. Uh, New York, you know what the New England Patriots are? Alabama, USA. That's what they are, JB. <laughs> Mac Jones, Damian Harris, both of them played really, really well. I hated to see Damian Harris uh, lose that fumble towards that. And, and you know what? Aguilar didn't look too bad either. No, Aguilar looked good. And that's the guy who I like as the number one wide receiver there. You know, Bill Belichick even praised him in the offseason that he could play inside, he could play outside. He's a guy who, who Belichick was excited about in that offense. So I'm certainly excited that I have a, a few shares of him there. And you're right. Damian Harris fumbled away the game with that fumble. That was big. If he would have got in there, they would have won the game, would have helped my DFS lineups, would have helped me on a couple of teams. But he still ran the ball well. So yes. against this Jets team where they should be playing from ahead against a pretty bad defense, I think he's going to have a, he's going to be in line for a good game here. 23 carries for 100 yards, also had two receptions to mix in there. So 25 touches for Damian Harris this week. As far as the other, uh, you know, James White is going to be James White. He still did James White kind of things. Uh, Jacoby Myers, nine targets. Hunter Henry, though, and uh, John U. Smith, three targets and five targets, respectively. Nobody emerged there, but they might be viable as, you know, if you're really desperate tight end wise. Yeah, I think they're still trying to figure out how that's going to shake out. You saw they did use Jono on on end around and some sort of like gadget plays, and they're going to continue to do that. And I think Hunter Henry will be involved too. So I I don't know that like a Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers are guys that I'm going to be confident in week in and week out because I just keep thinking that Bill Belichick is going to use those tight ends. So it's going to be Aguilar, and and, uh, I'm going to see how this tight end room shakes out, but I'm hoping it's Hunter Henry. For the Jets, Zach Wilson was the guy, uh, you know, that we got to talk about here for a minute. No rushing attempts whatsoever. He passed the ball, did okay. You know, it's a rookie, first game, all those things. I, I'm going to give him a pass on that. But for me, the rushing attempts, absolutely none. And maybe I was expecting a little bit more out of Zach Wilson as far as that went, but he didn't run the ball at all. 
Yeah, and that might have been by design too. You know, stay in the pocket, work about throwing, work on throwing the ball and hitting your targets. So, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more. He is an athletic guy, so you'd like to see a little bit more running out of him. But especially if you're not getting it out of the backfield, there, that running game is pretty pitiful back there. Yeah, we got to apologize to anybody who uh, thought Tevin Coleman was a viable option last week. That that, that running game just looked terrible, terrible, JB. And, and I know the game script took them out of it, but what makes me worry is that they're never going to be in a game script to make them a part of it any any in the future either. Right, and and the assessment was right. You know, Tevin yeah. Campbell was the starting running back. He was the guy who you were getting in the twelfth round, and he's still a starting running back on an NFL team, but. If they're not going to run the football or they're not going to be able to run the football, then I guess it really doesn't matter that much who the starting running back is. So really the only jet that I'm looking to get out there is going to be Corey Davis. Yeah, Barrios, he had uh, seven targets, so five receptions as well. And and once again, the two tight ends for that little rookie quarterback, Tyler Croft and Robert Griffin, both had five targets and six targets respectively, three catches apiece, just something to keep an eye on, especially if Crowder continues to be injured or plagued with COVID, whatever it is that he has going on right now, or just doesn't want to play for the Jets. I don't know which one it is, <laughs> JP. All right, all right, let's, let's go through these things. Quarterbacks. I have Zach Wilson down at the bottom of the list. Uh, would you rather have him or Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz or Tyrod Taylor? Carson Wentz. Okay. All right. Uh, Carson Wentz or Mac Jones? Mac Jones. All right. Mac Jones. Mac Jones or Ben Roethlisberger? I think Mac Jones. All right. Against the Raiders. All right. Uh, Mac Jones or Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford. Yeah, that was an easy one. That's kind of where the drawing the, the line was. Stafford or Carr? 425 passing yards, JB. Yeah, but I don't think he'll do it again against Pittsburgh, so I'm staying with Stafford. Okay. Stafford or Baker against mm. the Houston Texans? So I'm going to say Stafford because I think Baker's going to put up some points and they might do it on the ground, and then they'll just continue to run against Houston because they'll be up by a lot. Okay. All right. I can see that. All right. Uh, so you said Stafford. I yep. like that. <clears throat> Running back. Any Jet. Any Jet or uh, Najee Harris? <laughs> Najee Harris. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it, and it really is, you know, all the volume there and everything. We don't know which Jet to pick, but at the same time, Najee sure didn't blow our socks off last week. Najee or any Raider? Mm, Najee. <laughs> Najee or any Texan? Jesus. Najee. That's and not. I don't even like Najee this week. I don't like him at all this week. I know. That's that's why it was, it was very hard. Najee or Damian Harris then? Damian Harris. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Damian Harris or a Colt running back? Hmm. Um, yeah, I could... I'm going to still go Damian Harris in a positive game script. Okay, and we take we take all those Colt running backs over any of the others that we mentioned before, right? Both of them, Hines and Taylor? Yeah. Houston, Houston, Vegas, Najee, Jet? Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, Damian Harris or Henderson? Henderson. Henderson or Chubb? Chubb. All right, Chubb it is. Okay. Wide receivers. Would you like any Colt or any Brown? Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry or any Raider? Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry or Corey Davis? 
Corey Davis. Corey Davis or who who's that? Aguilar. Ooh, um Aguilar against the Jets secondary. Okay. All right. Aguilar or Cooks? Cooks. Cooks or a Ram receiver? Your choice. Actually, no, not against Cleveland. I'm staying Aguilar. Sorry. Okay. All right. Aguilar. All right. Aguilar or any Rams receiver? Your choice. I'll go Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup or a Pittsburgh Steeler receiver? This is tough, but I like the connection I saw between Cup and Stafford, so I think I'm going to stay there. Wow. Cooper Cup. Okay. All right. We'll go with Cooper Cup. Tight ends. Would you like an Indianapolis tight end or Eric Ebron? No, thank you. Okay. <laughs> would, would you like a no thank you or a jet tight end? No, thank you. Would you like a no thank you or an Njoku? No, thank you. Really? Really? A no thank you or a Higby? Higby. Oh, okay. Higby, yeah. All right, Higby or I put Pat. Who's Pat? Oh, a Pat. A oh, Pat. Yeah, a yeah, Patriot. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess because of the – I was encouraged by the usage from Higby, and we still don't know any clarity in New England. I'll stay Higby. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even though two big names there in Patriot land, uh, I think Higby really, really showed himself out. And and I had Njoku right down there below Higby. He just caught all those targets, man. But uh, Higby or then or or Pharaoh Brown. Higby. I was giving you a chance to change your mind if you wanted to. I know how you love those tight ends there in Houston. Higby or Waller. That's an easy one. Yeah, that's got to be Waller with his 190 touches, 190 targets. <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. We come at you each and every week talking about all the games from a fantasy perspective, who we're stuck on or who we might be repelled against. And JB, we always have fun doing this here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. You can find JB at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. You can find me at Loafing It. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Please leave a review on whatever podcast listening format you listen to us on jb i we're not talking about the giants game i flipped my little piece of paper the wrong way all right the new orleans saints versus the carolina panthers the new orleans saints with Jameis winston wow wow that it, it was like smoke and mirrors though can we trust him from a fantasy standpoint to give us five touchdowns again on just like nothing he he didn't do really anything but he looked up at the end of the day and he had five touchdowns yeah, that was crazy, wasn't it? Like he he only had twenty attempts and he threw five touchdowns. Like I, it's, it, it goes to show what kind of game that was. That game was just weird, and and I don't know that we could completely throw it out, but I don't know that that's what we're gonna get used to seeing there. I think Jameis is gonna be a viable starting quarterback in a deeper league in a two quarterback league. But yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit this week against Carolina's defense. It's halfway decent. I don't even know what Taysom Hill's there for anymore. I, I don't. I don't understand what Taysom Hill is there for, and I'm not sure he knows what he's there for either. You know, he 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 go into the game and then they, he pull him out just one play later, and Taysom's just kind of looking around, going, "Is this a, a dream? Am I? Is Jameis Winston really? It, it's kind of weird to watch Taysom Hill right now. Uh, Alvin Kamara, of course, did really well, but it's it's the other guy there, JB, the the T Jones Jr., the Tony Jones Jr. He seems to be a little bit fantasy relevant. Yeah, he's going to mix in. I mean, that's why, besides the money end of things, that's why they were able to move on from Latavius Murray, because Tony Jones looked good. There is no wide receivers that just clearly stood out to me. But our guy, Andrew Troutman, 
He did. Six targets, three receptions. We still, like you said, this was a weird game last week. There really wasn't any receiver, and Callaway was not who we expected he was going to be. Yeah, Callaway did a little disappearing act last week, and he wasn't shadowed either. I thought maybe he was shadowed by Jair, but he wasn't. No, so not just, at all. I don't know if, if the pressure just got to him, all the hype that was leading up to him being the guy might have got to him there, and and I don't think we're going to see that every week. I do think he's still fantasy relevant, and I think that he's still a guy who you could play because Jameis is going to have to throw the ball, and it's not always going to be to the tight ends. So I think Callaway is definitely going to be involved still. Yeah, over on the other side of things, the Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold, he did decent. He, he was Darnold, but it was a good Darnold. I'm not going to say it was bad Darnold. It was pretty good Darnold, and he looks like he's going to be fantasy relevant this year. I'm going to be a little bit attracted to him if I end up streaming some quarterbacks here and there. And also Christian McCaffrey, 30 touches, 30 touches for that guy, 200 yards. You know Christian McCaffrey's going to McCaffrey. The other thing that stood out to me, though, whenever I was watching this, was DJ Moore got his. Robbie Anderson only got three targets, and Terrence Marshall Jr., the guy who just looks like a football player, ended up with six targets, only three receptions, 26 yards, but I think he's going to be fantasy relevant at some point this year. Yeah, I think he can. I mean, Terrence Marshall's a a good ball player. I mean, we saw him in LSU. We saw him step up. He played 24 passing snaps last week, Mm. and Robbie Anderson played 33 passing snaps. So, I mean, it's not like he's taking over that number two wide receiver spot. I do think Robbie Anderson's going to be more involved in this offense as a whole than he was last week, so I'm not worried about him yet. And you talk about Donald being a guy you could play in fantasy. You see all three of those weapons on the outside, and then you talk about McCaffrey's production. McCaffrey catches a lot of passes out of the backfield, so that goes towards Darnold, too. So you're absolutely right in saying that Darnold's going to be fantasy relevant because he has a lot of guys to throw the ball to. Yeah, and that McCaffrey one, that, that, that's going to be some easy butter. Butter on some loafing it bread, okay? That's what that's going to be. San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, JV. I've got me a new second is what I have. Yeah, I, you know, the old second was Atlanta Falcons. Forget about the Falcons. Falcons are done. Falcons are gone. They're not even, I, I lost their phone number. My new second is the Philadelphia Eagles, JB. Boy, they looked really good. But I'll say this, the 49ers look good too. Jimmy Garoppolo played really, really well. I thought early on, you know, he had that turnover early in the game, but he bounced back from that 17 to 25, 314 yards and a touchdown. And then they just had to put it in cruise control, JB. I don't know that I like that your new second is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but right. we'll move on from that. And <laughs> <laughs> they got Jalen Hurts. They got Jalen Hurts, man. He's my guy. That's true. Okay, I'll give you that. But, yeah, I mean, San Francisco did look good. It was kind of a cakewalk matchup, but Detroit hung in there at the end. It ended up continuing to fight, but San Francisco had this game wrapped up, and it was Debo Samuel that was the guy who stood out yeah. for everybody, and, and Ayoko kind of – disappeared and everyone was like what's going on there and then of course afterwards everything came out that oh well we wanted to ease him in and you know Trent Sherfield is going to share the the role with him and all that type of stuff but really encouraged to see what we saw out of Debo because we didn't really know we thought it was you know 1A 1B type of wide receiver room and Debo might have stepped up and and Deboed Ayuk out of the number one role and said hey that's my bike 189 yards on nine receptions and 12 targets and a touchdown for him. Kittle was kind of disappeared last week, but still 78 yards, almost a 20-yard per catch average. Don't worry about George Kittle one bit. On the on, on, In that running back room, Raheem Mostart, 
out again. That's that's it. That he's done. He's done for you the year, it, I believe. You said it wrong, Wes. It's Raheem most hurt. Oh, most hurt. Yes, he is. You are correct <laughs> on that. I don't I don't know who to trust in this running back room. Uh, you know, the sermon was a was a late scratch, all those things. And I'm not gonna put all my eggs in the Eli Mitchell basket, but whoever's running back there, you just gotta you gotta play him, right? So I am gonna put a lot of eggs in the Elijah Mitchell basket. And you know, part of it is that healthy scratch that we saw from Sermon. So it, clearly he's not ready. But I think that that told us that Mitchell kind of jumped him in the pecking order there. Hmm. I do think that he's he's definitely going to be active this week, and I do think he's going to be involved. The San Francisco running back room is never a one-back system, so he's going to be involved. But I think it's going to be Elijah Mitchell that takes that role. You know, he's a guy who who's a sixth-round draft pick out of Louisiana, and that Louisiana team ran the Shanahan offense, the Shanahan style of running game. So he knows the system, and I think that's why he was able to – find success last week and that's why I think he'll continue to have success in this offense over on the Philadelphia side of the ball I, I you know they they will become my second and uh, J- Jalen Hurts this is what I'm going to tell everybody about Jalen Hurts every year that I've watched him play football and I've seen him since he was a freshman in Alabama even when he transferred to Oklahoma was it Oklahoma Oklahoma yep. say I get confused. Oklahoma. It, it, every year he has surprised me at how much he did in the offseason to improve and you can see it Every year that, well, he worked on his game. He worked on his game. He couldn't throw the ball whenever he first got to Alabama. That was a real big struggle for him. He was a great running quarterback, but he couldn't throw the ball. And that's why Tua ended up uh, surpassing him was because he threw the ball so well and Jalen couldn't. And then he went to Oklahoma and guess what? Jalen could throw the ball pretty well because he worked on it in the offseason. And then he gets over there uh, to Philadelphia. And now he just looked great last week, JP. That running, the, both of those running backs, are they viable? Are, can you, can you, Sanders and Gainwell, do you want them both? I do. And, and I was kind of anti-Gainwell in the offseason because I didn't think he surpassed Boston Scott. And I, I think people were high on Gainwell because they thought Miles Sanders wasn't good and Gainwell was just going to take his job. Now what we saw last week was that he kind of did take that second running back job and they are going to kind of split the workload. It's not going to be 50-50, but I think he's going to be involved. It could be one of those, you know, Kamara, Lat Murray type of backfields there. So I am interested in both of those backs, and I think that they'll both have a part in that offense, especially when defenses have to worry about Hurts and his ability to kind of run the football also. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, Sanders hurt every single year. So Gainwell is one of those guys that you, you want to stash him, and he may even be one of those flexible kind of options during the bye weeks or, or maybe even during, the, depending on how deep you are at running back. Uh, the yep. receiving core, Devontae Smith did good. Rieger did good. And Godert se- se- uh, separated himself from Ertz. Ertz is still banged up. Ertz is going to be banged up. It's, it's, just, it's just an Ertz thing. Yeah, and I don't know that um, I'm so... I'm going to rush out and start either of those tight ends. I mean, I guess if you have to, you have to, if you don't have another, a better option, but I I was encouraged by those wide receivers, you know, Rager actually looked like he took a step up this year and it will be nice to see because, well, you know, to see the Jalen to Jalen connection and see that Rager can kind of step up and be that first round guy that we saw that we hoped he could be last year. You know, he gets that second year leap and that'll be really good for, for everybody around him. It'll take some attention off of Smith and it'll help Hertz out. The Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers are next. The Atlanta Falcons, I got two words for you, JB. Uh-oh. Uh, it, <laughs> uh-oh. If you put too many, too many of your fantasy uh, magnet stocks in any of the Atlanta Falcons, it could be trouble. I watched that game beginning to end. They look terrible. 
they looked terrible, and I didn't expect that. Calvin, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, they looked done, done to me, JB. Yeah, and he could be. He could be cooked. I mean, he's he's obviously at the end of his career, and Matt Ryan historically doesn't do well in his first year in a new offense, and that's what he's in right now. So at his age, at his point in his career, to have to learn a new offense, he might just be like, you know what, man, like this is – this is, I'm just going to do my thing and it's not going to work. It's, you know, if you're not running the system properly, it's not going to work. So Calvin Ridley looked like he was going to be off to a good game. He had a good start to the game and then he just kind of faded away. Kyle Pitts didn't do much, but he was targeted a lot. So I'm, I'm not concerned about Pitts yet. I do think that Ridley and Pitts will both still be fantasy relevant on a team that I think is going to be playing from behind a lot because their defense is pretty bad also. I am concerned about Ryan, but I mean, he's got to throw the ball to somebody. So I do think that, you know, if you if you spent a high draft pick on those two guys, they're going to be OK. I would want to paint that kind of picture for you because they did have eight targets apiece. But I'm just not sure I can uh, that they look good. The first 10 plays like, you know, the, the scripted plays where as you go into the game, everything looked OK. And then the wheels just fell off and they couldn't move the ball at all, in my opinion. Uh, anything they did move was kind of uh uh, accident. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your Buccaneers, Tom Brady. That's who I'm picking for MVP, JB. A MVP, Tom Brady. No running game whatsoever, it feels like there. 379 yards last week, four touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, but it, it, that's just going to be Tom Brady. He doesn't care. He just throws it around now. It, it, I don't care. I'm an old man. I could say whatever I want. I could do whatever I want, right? No running game, though, JB. Is that going to fix itself? So uh, before I get to that, the two interceptions were one was a Hail Mary yeah. last play of the first half. And the other one went off of Leonard Fournette's hands in, on a perfectly designed screenplay. He yeah. had blockers out in front of him, bounced off his hands into the linebacker's hands, so uh, into the cornerback's hands. So, you know, both of those interceptions were not on Tom Brady. But, yeah, the You're running right. game was bad. I mean, uh, Ronald Jones, came, Leonard Fournette got the start, didn't do much. Ronald Jones came in, had a decent series, came in the second series, fumbled on his first carry. And then, of course, he goes into Bruce Arians' doghouse and doesn't see the field the rest of the game. With that, Leonard Fournette had nine carries for 32 yards. He didn't do anything. So it's not like I'm worried about Ronald Jones. And I've been saying this because I, I have been saying Ronald Jones is the, the back to own in Tampa. And I still think he is. He's the guy who's going to be the lead back as long as he can keep his hands on the football and stay out of the doghouse. He's the better back. Yeah, and my 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 wide receiver room there, Godwin, 14 carries. Mike Evans didn't catch the ball a lot. Still had like six targets, I believe. But, man, Gronk with eight targets. Uh, eight targets. Eight catches. Is Gronk going to Gronk this year? So I still do think that Gronk isn't going to get that many targets on a per-game basis. You know, Mike Evans was kind of taken out of this game. So he Brady had to go to Godwin, Brown, and Gronk. And, and Brown was only on the field, I think, 60% of the snaps or something like that. Evans and Godwin were in there all the time. So if Evans is getting double teamed, Godwin's in there and Gronk's in there. If Godwin's not open, Gronk's going to be open and vice versa. So, you know, he was targeted more last week than I think he will be in most games. But he's definitely fantasy relevant. He's not going to be this tight end one that we saw last week every week. But he's going to be relevant. You know he's going to score touchdowns. He and Brady in the red zone is just like clockwork. There was one audible that Brady called. He said, hey, Rob. And I was pointing this out to my wife, and I'm rewinding, and I'm like, look at this. He goes, hey, Rob. And he says something to him. Gronk turns around. He nods his head. He runs a beautiful fake on the linebacker and <laughs> runs up to see him for a touchdown. It was awesome. 
That's fun to watch. It's fun to watch that connection, man. I it's one of those times I'm gonna cry when that ends. Gronk to Brady to Gronk, man. That's gonna be that's that's great. Uh, all right, I'll ask that question another time. We're running out of time. Maybe we'll do that whenever we only have like 15 games to go, JB. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. Uh, fantasy relevant. Kirk Cousins threw the ball all over the place. Uh, Dalvin Cook, of course, is gonna be Dalvin Cook. But here's the here's the thing. Thielen ten targets. Jefferson nine target. And Osborne. Uh, KJ Osborne, nine targets. Guess what, JB? I think I found out who's taking Irv Smith's target share. Exactly. And everyone thought that maybe one of those tight ends, whether it be Conklin or Herndon, would be the ones that get involved there. But they're not going to be yet because, you know, Conklin is is not really a guy. And Herndon is is still learning the system. And if he didn't learn the Jets system in a whole year, it's going to be hard for him to pick up the Viking system. So KJ Osborne is a guy who I've been interested in on the waiver wire this week. And I think he's going to have a role as that third receiver there. Oh, definitely. And remember, Thielen always gets hurt each and every year. He's banged up a little bit. He's older. They're going to want to preserve him for the stretch run and everything. And and Jefferson still got that shoulder thing going on. I think Osborne is definitely he is the higher of the wide receiver targets that that were out there that were really less owned that I was going after as well. I think I ended up getting him in Scott Fishbowl if I mashed the right buttons correctly. I'm not positive <laughs> on that. though. Uh, hey, over on the other side, Kyler Murray is a cheat code. He is my league MVP. MVP this year, JB. I think he's winning the MVP this year. Kyler Murray. Uh, I know I said that about Tom Brady, but they're one and two. They're neck and neck. Uh, <laughs> but but man, Kyler Murray, five touchdowns. He was responsible for five touchdowns on Sunday. Some rushing, some throwing, and he just looked fantastic. We know that. We know Hopkins. We know uh, Kirk was even fantasy relevant. But I didn't expect Connor Connor to take over the backfield like that. And I don't know that he really took over the backfield. I actually liked seeing the way that Edmonds was running the ball. He did run well. He runs hard. But it's Connor that's the bigger back. He's the more reliable back. So you're going to see him in in more pressure situations. I I love Kyler. Kyler's my MVP pick. I've been saying that in all my offseason stuff. And Christian Kirk was a guy who I had my eye on because once Kingsbury told him he was going to run out of the slot and play that kind of Larry Fitzgerald role, it was a good fit for him. So I do think that Kyler to Hopkins is obvious, but Kyler to Kirk, we're going to continue to see. And he didn't get targeted that much, but it's a good situation for him. So that's a guy who, if he's still on your waiver wire, run out and grab him. Yeah, Christian Kirk. Yeah, definitely. I'd take him over Rondell Moore. Uh, and I would put him right there for that KJ Osborne. I, I think I think he's going to end up being very fantasy relevant. All right, JB, let's rank him. Let's rank him. Matt Ryan or Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. Uh, isn't that weird to say, though? I mean, isn't that <laughs> Sam Darnold or Kirk Cousins? <sighs> Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold or Jimmy Garoppolo? This Sam week, Darnold. This, we're kind of going week long here. Uh, Sam Darnold or Jameis Winston? Sam Darnold. Wow. Against the New Orleans Saint defense. Yeah, because I right. think they're going to have to throw. It's going to be a shootout of a game, I think. Sam Darnold or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. Yeah, wait till you see the wait till you try this. Jalen Hurts or Tom Brady? <sighs> Tom Brady. That's a home field bias. That's home field bias. <laughs> My second or Kyler Murray? <laughs> Jay, Tom Brady or Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray, because Tampa's gonna end up running the ball once they go up big on Atlanta. 
All right. Okay. We'll go, we'll go Kyler Murray. Uh, the Atlanta Falcon running back situation or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers situation? I'm going to take Ronald Jones. And it's only right. because the Bucs have the best running defense in the league. I think they're going to shut down Mike Davis. Ronald Jones or a San Francisco running back? Uh, I'm going to still go Ronald Jones in a plus game script. Oh, JP, come on. You, you know, you got to give unbiased, unbiased analysis, JB. I am. Uh, it's game script, baby. <laughs> over my guy, Elijah. Well, yeah, talk about that, how I called Elijah. You know, you turn in the fantasy magnets, and we're gonna, I'm going to get one right every once in a while. I called the four-string running back for the San Francisco Yes, you 49ers. did. <laughs> uh, uh, Ronald Jones or an Arizona running back? Oh, God, Ronald Jones still. Ronald oh. Jones or Philly running back? Against San Francisco, I, I have to stay Ronald Jones. Really? JB? Uh, 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 Ronald Jones or Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook, thank you. Wait, wait till you see these three, though. Uh, Dalvin Cook or CMC? CMC. Against the Saints. That's the same yep. fucking... They, they're the ones who shut down the... the but Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones had nothing last week. 30 touches, though. 30 touches for CMC. CMC, then, or Alvin Kamara? Mm, I guess Kamara, because lack of competition for targets. All right, over in the wide receiver room, and, and, boy, I had Ryan at the bottom of the list for quarterbacks. I had uh, Atlanta running backs at the bottom of the list. And as far as wide receivers go, JB, listen to this one. Atlanta wide receivers or the Saint wide receivers? Yeah, I got to take Calvin Ridley there. Okay, Calvin Ridley or Carolina receiver? Or the receiving core, you know? Yeah, I, I think I'll still stay Ridley there. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling you, they look terrible. Atlanta, uh, Ridley, or Philly receiver? Still Ridley. Buck's okay. secondary is banged up. Okay, uh, Ridley or Debo? Hmm. Here's where I think I'll switch over to Debo. Drinking the Kool-Aid, baby. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Debo or any of the Minnesota wide receivers? I'll go Minnesota. Really? What, anyone in particular? I knew you were going to say that. Um, touchdown Thielen, I guess. Okay, Thea, might as well. Might as well. I love the regression, by the way. Two touchdowns last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a Minnesota receiver Thielen or an Arizona receiver in Hopkins, maybe, or Kirk. Yeah, I'll go Hopkins there. Hopkins or a Tampa Bay receiver, JB? Hopkins. Hopkins all the way. Tight end. An Arizona tight end? No. Minnesota tight end? No. Carolina tight end? No. A Pittsburgh Steeler tight end. Uh, Pitts? Oh, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Pitts or a Saint tight end? Kyle Pitts. Pitts or Goddard? Pitts. Pitts or Gronk? Pitts. No way. JP. Yeah, they're going to have to throw, man. They're going to okay. have to throw, and they don't have a lot of people to throw to. Pitts or Kittle? Kittle. Okay, Kittle all night, all day long, Kittle. All right, uh, last one, JP. Last page. We're going to zoom through this one. Not a lot of games. Dallas Cowboys look great. Are we concerned at all about Ezekiel Elliott? No, I'm not. I mean, they played the Bucks last week. The Bucks we talked about, they're the best run defense in the league. So their game script was to not run the ball, and that's why he didn't run the ball. So I'm not worried at all. Is Cedric Wilson going to be fantasy relevant this week? Yeah, I mean, that offense can support a lot of targets. So, yeah, he's going to get targets. 
Okay, Gallup is out, by the way. Or is it going to go to one of the tight ends there? The tight ends weren't just terrible. They weren't forgotten about Schultz and Jarwin. Uh, Schultz had six targets and Jarwin had four targets. I- I'm wondering if a lot of, more of those targets are going to go to Schultz. Could he see double-digit t- uh, targets this week? And my answer is yes, maybe instead of Cedric Wilson. But Cedric Wilson, you know, what one game last year, he, he just came out from nowhere. And we're like, Cedric Wilson? And it just stuck in my head. Cedric Wilson stuck in my head. But, you know, Dalton Schultz, he's the guy who I'm really targeting this week to be a benefit from Gallup being out. Yeah, I'm afraid of those tight ends because you don't even know which one's going to be in there. They were both kind of rotating in with each other last week, so you never know which one's going to be the one that's in for the play that ends up being the touchdown. So I'm a little worried because of that. Okay, I can I can understand that. Uh, from a Chargers standpoint, the Dallas Cowboys are playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Eckler, the talk of the town, zero receptions. Do our magnet fans have to be a little bit repelled against Austin Eckler now? No, I don't think so. I think they were kind of playing it cool with him last week. He was, you know, coming off an injury, kind of nursing an injury still. So I think he's going to be okay. And I think this is a good matchup against Dallas's defense that, you know, he'll be able to kind of break out a little bit. Okay, I can see that. And Roundtree's the guy to own there as backup to Eckler. And uh, not not that he wowed anybody or anything like that, but if you're into handcuffing things, uh, Roundtree is the guy to look at there. And guess what, JB? Little Mike Williams, he did it. He did it. He became a he's a oh, told you. He's a fantasy relevant <laughs> guy and we are both rooting for him. 12 targets for him. Allen had 13 targets. They both look great in this new offense. And they're both going to continue to look great against this Dallas team. Now, Diggs did play well, and and Trayvon Diggs is part of the reason why Mike Evans didn't have a good game last week. He did shadow Mike Evans, so I'm afraid we might see him shadow Mike Williams here this week, and and I'd kind of temper our expectations from what we saw from Williams last week. It won't be as big of a week, but Keenan Allen's going to absolutely eat against this defense, and I'm writing him down right now as my DFS play of the week. Okay. (laughs) All right. And and by the way, uh, Jared Cook went undrafted in a lot of draft rooms that I was in. He had eight targets, five receptions. 56 yards, 11 yards per catch. Didn't find the end zone, but you know they're going to get that vet in the end zone at some point throughout the year. So uh, Jared Cook at least uh, was a little bit fantasy relevant when it comes to tight end. I I think he's more than a streaming option if you're desperate at tight end. I agree. The targets were very, very telling for us. Tennessee Titans against the Seattle Seahawks, JB. Tennessee Titans. I got two more words for you. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, we, we, everybody talked about Henry maybe getting a little bit old, a lot of miles on those tires. And he, I don't know if he looked bad or if that offense looked bad or if the Arizona offense just looked that good. Or defense, yeah, Arizona, defense. Uh, Arizona played really well. The five sacks were definitely alarming for Tennessee fans to see because, you know, that, that makes you wonder what's going to happen moving forward. But, you know, on the offensive side of things, Henry's day wouldn't have been that bad if he punched in one of those two attempts mm-hmm. that he had from the goal line that he wasn't able to get in. So I'm not worried yet. I am concerned that it's not going to be the, that, you know, number four, number five, number six overall pick Derrick Henry because of the new offense there that they're running. So it might be some growing pains there in Tennessee, and it might be a little sloppy for them for a little while. Yeah, A.J. Brown, only four receptions. Julio Jones, three receptions. And that's, you know, Carlos, who is it? Carlos or Chester Rogers will end up being the third receiver there for six with six targets. But nothing just wild me. I, I hope it turns around for him uh, a little bit there for Tennessee. In Seattle, Russ is going to Russ. 
Uh, everybody, I just said, oh boy, whenever I saw this offense, man, and I they were really clicking. It was really, really clicking, and we know who they are. And I think all those guys, I, I didn't see anybody emerge from fantasy relevancy there that I'd really want to target or talk about. Yeah, people are talking about Gerald Everett as a tight end target because he caught a touchdown, but he didn't really have many targets. So he's going to be that guy. That's going to be his role. You know, he could be a three for 32 guy or, you know, he could get five catches one week. Maybe he finds the end zone. But it's those two wide receivers I'm I'm excited about with Russ and and Chris Carson's backfield. Yeah, KC is the next team up on the board versus the Baltimore Ravens and, and Kansas City. It's definitely CEH's backfield. Didn't share it with anybody. He didn't do a whole lot, though, either, JB. It's it's like three and a half heads there, right? Patrick Mahomes, you got Hill, you got Kelsey. And then I'm going to put CEH as like half ahead for fantasy relevancy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's This offense runs through that that triangle of, you know, it's like that, that old triangle offense that Phil Jackson ran, right? It's, <laughs> it's Mahomes, Hill and Kelsey. And that's how that offense is going to run. Then there'll be those ancillary pieces, but I'm not running and excited to put any of them in my lineup. I mean, obviously you're going to have to start CEH where you draft him. He's probably your RB two, and he'll get you a decent floor. He'll be involved. There's nobody really behind him. So he's okay, but I'm not excited. Yeah, and and Hardman, I I I just I'd let Hardman be Hardman on the waiver wire. There's a lot of wide receivers that you could pick up that are going to end up being more fantasy relevant consistently than Michael Hardman. Over on the Ravens side of things, Lamar Jackson is who he is. He's not the greatest passer in the world. He can run circles around a lot of people, but the the running back room, JB, got a little crowded with all the running backs that they ended up picking up. And Latavius Murray actually outtouched uh, Williams last week. Uh, is this going to be Murray's backfield? I think they're going to give Tyson Williams the chance to lead the backfield. What happened last week was he missed a big block, and it led to a Lamar fumble, which ended up turning the game around, and he got Ronald Jones. You know, He got sent to the bench because he missed that block, and then they went with the veteran in Murray who was able to you know, be better in blitz pickup and, and stuff like that. So I do think that it's still going to be Tyson that gets to lead the backfield. But if he continues to struggle like that, then we're going to see Murray a lot more, and, and that might turn. But what you said about Lamar being a passer, I'm going to disagree because I was impressed by the way he was passing on Monday mm -hmm. night. He actually looked like he improved as a passer. So with that running ability, if he did take a step forward as a passer, this guy's going to be really, really fun to watch this year. He might be. I I, I looked at it, and I I'd be honest with you. I don't like watching the Ravens play. I just I just don't like watching the Ravens play. So I I may have left the room every time the Ravens got the ball offensively because I was just like <laughs> ah whatever. Sammy Watkins had eight targets though. He's that guy. Uh, I I I keep thinking of Crabtree, but it ain't Crabtree. Who was their receiver last year? They had it was like a veteran guy. I think he plays for the Raiders now. Who is it? Oh, Willie Sneed. Yeah, Willie Sneed ended up being like the favorite guy of Lamar Jackson. I wonder if Sammy Watkins isn't going to end up being the Willie Sneed of this. You know, just being able to sit down in some zones. And uh, Lamar Jackson is looking for him. They said he looked really good. And they always say that about Sammy Watkins, though. Yeah, and I wonder if it's just week one Watkins, right? That's what we always yeah. get. Week one Watkins is always putting up fantasy points for us, and then he just disappears and fades into the abyss. So I wonder if we're going to continue to see that or not. I mean, Marquise Brown looked pretty decent also. So, and Mark Andrews was the non-factor. So, you know, what we saw out of Watkins might end up transferring over to Andrews in most games. I can see that over with the Detroit Lions versus the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions. 
that's RB USA over there. Running back USA, they didn't look as bad as I thought they would. It was kind of like the second half of the game after San Francisco let off the throttle, and all of a sudden Jared Goff comes to light. Uh, Williams, uh, Swift all start doing things left and right. Uh, JB, besides TJ Hawkinson, uh, Swift, and Williams, there's nobody else, though, that we need to talk about, is there? No, and and those are the guys in in a deep two-QB league. Goff is a a startable second QB because they're probably going to be playing from behind. So you see him picking up those garbage time points like he did last week. These guys are playing for Dan Campbell, man. They didn't give up. They were down by a lot. And unlike Atlanta, who just kind of folded, Detroit kept playing and they kind of hung around and made it a game. So, you know, this whole bite their kneecaps out mentality that Dan Campbell's bringing to them, it looks like they're responding to it. So I I am curious to see it. They're going to be a bad team. But I'm curious to see if they continue to play hard like that. And if they do, then somebody else is going to emerge. Okay. All right. Might be Trinity Brown. He's, he had a lot of targets there, the most targets out of any of the wide receivers. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But definitely, those two running backs are viable. If Jamal Williams is out there on your waiver wire somehow, some way, make sure you go out there and pick him up. Okay. So a Green Bay Packers, JB. This is, this is one of the most interesting stories in football right now to see what in the world Aaron Rodgers is doing. Because he wasn't playing football against the Saints. I don't know what was going on. Tell me that you don't have to, I don't have to be scared about Devontae Adams, where I took him in the first round in some drafts this year. Yeah, I really hope not. Because, I mean, just what we saw last week was off. So you'd like to hope to just, you know, write that off and say, all right, they're going to get right against Detroit. Because this is a perfect home game, prime time against one of the worst teams in football. If there's any spot to get right, it's this one. So I think that we'll see the Green Bay Packers that we expected to see this week. But I'm concerned because, you know, it looked like Rodgers just, you know, was just there going through the motions and, you know, some of those interceptions thrown off his back foot that we didn't see him do in, in the past. It almost makes me wonder if, if their season might be in jeopardy. Oh, <laughs> as a Bears fan, that makes me giggle. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, I think I said that right. He emerged as uh, with eight targets. I know some of those were probably in a uh, little bit of trash time, a little garbage time, but still, he had eight targets. Where Alan Lazard, who we always flip a coin of who's going to be, which guys are going to be this week, and it's going to probably be that way in the future. We don't want to put too much stock into this game, but Lazard only had four targets, so I'm not sure if there's anything there for us to see fantasy relevant wise. All right. Quarterback room, JB, who are you taking? Jared Goff or Ryan Tannehill? I'll go Tannehill. Tannehill. Lamar or Tannehill or Lamar? Lamar. Lamar or Rodgers? Is that Ooh. strange? Rodgers is at the bottom of the list. Bottom I know, and list. I'm and I'm still gonna say Lamar, even though I think Rodgers bounces back. Wow, okay. Uh Lamar or Russ? Lamar. Lamar, okay. Lamar or Justin Herbert? Herbert against Dallas. Okay, Herbert. That makes sense. Herbert or Dak? <sighs> Dak. Dak. All right. That's a tough one. <laughs> it Dak, is. Dak or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. It's always the right answer. It's always the right <laughs> answer until it's not. All right. So that's uh, a- those are some really good quarterbacks in those in that late window, by the way. Wait till you hear this. The running back room. I was I was really going, oh, he's gonna love this. He's gonna love this. That's what I was thinking about. <clears throat> Ezekiel Elliott or Raven running back? Zeke. 
Zeke or CEH? Zeke. Why is Zeke at the bottom of your list? Let's go. Let's bring him up. Let's bring him up. Let's bring him up. Because he had three, three, <laughs> like three yards rushing last week. Against Zeke? the Bucks. <laughs> Zeke or Eckler? Zeke. Zeke or Derrick Henry? Zeke. <laughs> Zeke, you're on a mission now. Zeke or Chris Carson? Zeke. Zeke or a Detroit Lion? Zeke. Zeke or a Packer? Aaron Jones. Okay, Aaron Jones. All right. All right. At least I got one of them right. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wide receivers. A Baltimore wide receiver or a Detroit wide receiver? Yikes. Neither. <laughs> okay, okay, okay neither. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got you. All right. <laughs> Julio or Mike Williams? Ah, tough matchup for Mike Williams. So I'm going to lean Julio. Wow, it's hard to say. I mean, think about it. Think about that. I just thought I had him listed third to last. Okay, I yeah. had Julio. Uh, Julio or AJ Brown? AJ Brown. AJ Brown or Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen. Allen or Metcalf? Uh, Keenan Allen. No Metcalf. No. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I love them both. Mm-hmm. I'll say Metcalf. Okay. Uh, Metcalf or Lockett then? Metcalf. Metcalf or Adams? Adams. Adams or Cooper? Amari Cooper. Adams. Adams or Tyreek Hill? Hmm. I'm going to say Adams because wow. Tyreek's, Tyreek's matchup isn't great. Okay. All right. All right. And for the tight ends, would you like a Tonian or a Fisker? Neither. Okay. <laughs> I I put uh oh Seattle running back uh, Seattle tight end. I put that in there too. I'm gonna say neither. Dallas uh, what tight end or Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews or Cooks. Mark Andrews. Andrews or T.J. Hawkinson? Hawkinson. Hawkinson or Travis Kelsey? Kelsey. All right, Kelsey it is. Kelsey's a winner. Kelsey's always a winner. All right, J.P., uh, last one here. These are quarterbacks that made it through the ringer. All right, it is either. Uh, let's see here. I'll say Stafford or Allen. Stafford. Stafford or Murray? Murray. Murray or Mahomes? Mahomes. Mahomes, okay. Mahomes is your winner there. Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, let's go with uh, a, a Mixon or Chubb? Chubb. Chubb or Aaron Jones? Mm, Chubb. Chubb or Alvin Kamara? Kamara. Kamara. Wow. Okay. Kamara. All right. Cooper Cup. I think he was the one who made it through the ringer or Stefan Diggs. 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 That's that was quick. Diggs or Hopkins. Hopkins. Hopkins or Adams. Hopkins. Hopkins. All right. Then the last one here, the tight end room. 
We have, I don't know who we had at that one page. I guess it was Fant. I kind of, I kind of circled Fant. Fant or Waller? Waller. Waller or uh, Kittle? Waller. And Waller or Kelsey this week? Kelsey. Kelsey. All right, JP. That's, tough. Oh, that's a gamut. That's a 17 games. Is a lot. Well, can, we do, can we call Commissioner Goodell and ask him to get rid of some of these games for us? Because it's just tough to make it through. We, we didn't talk a lot about everybody or anybody, really. It, just, it seems like we flew right through it, and, but we had to talk about everything. Yeah, we, we would have to start doing these shows like the Micro Machines, man. You remember those old commercials? that's all right whoever's listening to this hopefully they know how to put it on one and a half speed or two times speed and they'll be able to get through it a little quicker (laughs) i'm a 1.4 guy i'm a 1.4 i think i sound smarter at 1.4 speed as well jp so that's what i'd suggest everybody to do and you will think i am a genius here on the fantasy magnet podcast on the fantasy impact today network i want to thank jb of course for always being prepared answering any kind of question i seem to have jb you are doing fantastic in your research i love your dfs flash stuff all your things that you got going on over at rasball as well Uh, you're, you're all over the place right now yeah, man, just trying to do everything I can, and I don't know how things are going to change once the baby comes, so trying to do as much as I can while I can. <laughs> well, we'll be here to support you any way possible. You can support him by following him on Twitter, at FantasyCoachJB over there. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore, and you can follow me, at it on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe. Slap those stars around on the iTunes app. Leave a review if you can. But more importantly than all those actions, Fantasy Magnet fans, we want to encourage you to go out into the world and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.